Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. When did it become wrong to say, I'm sorry, or my part in that was not right or shouldn't have been that way? Somehow, somewhere, at some point here recently, in the last number of decades, it has become appropriate for us to blame everybody except the parties that really are involved. And I don't know if we would call that a litigious society or blame Jerry Springer, but why? Why can't I stand up and say, no, I am partially responsible for what happened? When we carry our resentments around and we're unable to let go of them and we sit around digging up bones, as I referenced in our last episode, and all we do is go round and round and round and say the other guy, the other person, the other issue, the other institution, blah, blah, blah. No. We are at a turning point in the program. This is Responsibility 101. This is a schoolyard where if you knock someone off the teeter-totter, you say, I'm sorry. This is learning. Actually, let me correct that. This is relearning the habits that, as the book series said, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten. Let's hear what Joe and Charlie have to say about our part in a resentment. Let's unfold your fourth column. On the fourth column, it says, what's the exact nature of my wrongs, false mistakes, defects, shortcomings, or whatever? And again, I had to go back to the dictionary and look some things up. The wrong is the resentment. That's what blocks me off from the sunlight of the Spirit. Those resentments are not completely true. Remember, incorrect judgment of other people is considered to be a wrong. But what's the truth about that wrong or that resentment? What's the exact nature of it? What's the inherent characteristic of it? What's at the core of it in the first place? In the fourth column, we see the basic character defects that all human beings have to a certain extent, some worse than others. Selfish, self-seeking dishonest, self-seeking frightened, in consideration of other people. All people have these character defects. All other character defects stem from these four. Now then, let's go to page 67. And let's look at the truth of this resentment. Page 67, third paragraph. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Uh-oh. Hey, we've never done this before. Gosh, we've always looked at what they did to us, but we've never looked at our own mistakes. Or had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to discard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. 
When we saw our faults, we listed them, we placed them before us in black and white, we admitted our wrongs honestly, and were willing to set these matters straight. I went back to my inventory sheet, and I took the first name on the sheet, this lady named Barbara, and I did what my book said to do. It said, forget what Barbara did. Charlie, where were you in the wrong? What did you do that might have caused this thing in the first place? And when I begin to look into the fourth column, for the first time I begin to realize that if I hadn't have been so selfish, I wouldn't have been doing some things I was doing. And if I hadn't have been doing them, she wouldn't have caught me, and if she hadn't have caught me, she wouldn't have filed for divorce. If I hadn't been so damn dishonest, I wouldn't have been sneaking around behind her back lying to her all the time anyhow. If I considered my wife and my children and their needs and their wants more than I did my own, I wouldn't have put myself in those positions. And what I had done with that resentment is that I had played it over and over and over in my head, and every time I played it, I distorted it just a little bit, and I made her the devil, and after a while I made me as pure as the driven snow. And then I was allowed to go ahead and live life the way I wanted to live it and never think about having to change myself. And I said, my God, I didn't know I was doing that. I said, could this be true? Could this possibly be true with the other resentments on this sheet of paper? And as I went down through that resentment sheet and looked at each one of them truthfully and looked to see the part that I had played in each resentment, I suddenly realized that I had done something based on self that put me in a position to have those people do that to me. And then rather than change myself, I played it over and over and over and distorted it and made them the devil and made me as pure as the driven snow. I didn't have one resentment on my sheet that I hadn't done something to start it out. Nobody ever did just walk up to me and knock the hell out of me for nothing. <laughs> No policeman ever put me in jail for sober driving. Nobody ever whipped the hell out of me for keeping my mouth shut. Always, based on my character defects, I did something to them. They retaliated, and then I distorted the whole thing through my resentments. Now, if you're a practicing alcoholic, you've got to develop these kind of skills. I don't think we could live with ourselves if we had to honestly see what's going on whenever we're drinking. But we don't ever have to see that. Because you see, with these resentments, we play them over and over, we distort the picture, we transfer all blame to them, and we make ourselves pure, and then we go ahead and live life the way we want to, and we never have to change ourselves. Isn't that something? Hell, I didn't know that. Now, I'll guarantee you, if I stay selfish, if I stay dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, and inconsiderate, I'm going to keep right on doing the things I've always done. I'm going to keep right on hurting people and institutions. They're going to retaliate against me and create pain and suffering for me, and then I, through resentments, are going to transfer all blame to them. It's going to block me off from the sunlight of spirit, and I'm going to get drunk all over it again. I've got to change that fourth column if I want to live with peace of mind and serenity and happiness in the future. I've never seen anything like this. You know, we're really doing step four as we're, as we're doing this, the, the resentment part. But in that fourth column, I now look at the exact nature of the wrong that I'm going to discuss with another human being when I take step five. 
We're going to look at the part I played in it, my character defects. Also in that fourth column, I see the character defects I'm going to become willing to turn loose of in step six. In the fourth column, I see those, those things I'm going to ask God to take away, those shortcomings in step seven. And in the first column, many of the names will come off of column one, they'll go on to another sheet, and they'll be used for step eight and nine when I get there later on. When I get to step eight, my book says we have the list, we made it, and we took step four. On my case, every name on that list, <laughs> I owed them an end because I did something to them to put it in motion. Now, I hear some of you saying, well, yeah, that's probably true, where we did something to them. But how about those cases where they did it to us and we didn't do anything to them? Maybe as a kid growing up, they did these things to us. Aren't we justified in having that kind of resentment? Well, I guess we are, if we want to get drunk over it. A justified resentment blocks you off from the sunlight of the Spirit, just like an unjustified one does. If you've got one of those resentments in your head and you don't want to turn it loose, knowing that it might get you drunk, you better look at it pretty closely. It's not the truth. It started with the truth. But if you've played it over and over, it no longer is the truth. Only God knows the truth. We human beings, the truth to us is the truth as we see it. And we alcoholics distort the truth through these resentments until it really is no longer the truth. Now let's go back and look at it very closely. Let's take that name and let's put that name on this list. And let's list what they did to us. And let's list the part of self that, that was affected. And then let's look in the fourth column. And let's see why we're not willing to turn it loose. Are we so selfish that we are afraid to turn that thing loose? Are we so dishonest with ourselves that we refuse to look at the truth? Are we so frightened of life that we're afraid to turn that resentment loose because then we would have to face life without it? The lady in the book, she used her resentment against her mother to justify and rationalize her lack of education. She used it to justify her marital failures. My God, the greatest excuse in the world is, if they hadn't have done that to me, I wouldn't be this way today. If they hadn't have done that to me, I wouldn't have to do the things I'm doing today. That's nothing in the world but excuse-making and rationalization. We need to realize today, we're all adults. We are responsible for what we do, what we say, and how we feel. We no longer have the luxury of blaming this on things that happened to us in our past because we have a way to get rid of this through this program, through this inventory sheet. And it really doesn't make any sense to let somebody hurt me 20 years ago and then let them hurt me every day for the rest of my life. I don't care what they did to me. If they hurt me then, and I'm resenting them today, they're blocking me off from God, they're hurting me every day, and they're going to kill me before it's over with. They're going to cause me to get drunk if I don't get rid of that resentment. And I think if we honestly look at those and see what it really does to us, chances are that resentment's going to disappear also. 
You know, are we so inconsiderate of another human being that we can't realize that the people that did that to us, hell, they're not bad people, they're sick people. They didn't do it to us because they're bad, they did it to their sickness. They didn't do it to us anyhow, they would have done it to anybody in that position. If we can start thinking that way, maybe we can start a forgiving process. Maybe we can straighten up a relationship with another human being before it's too late. If the resentment doesn't disappear there, then I'm promised in the book that if I'll pray for them, asking God to give them what I want in my life, the same peace of mind, serenity, and happiness, that that resentment will disappear also. We can be 100% resentment-free if we wish to, if we're willing to do this. And if we've got a resentment and we're not willing to turn it loose, be careful. We're using it for rationalization, justification, making excuses for ourselves rather than face our own problems honestly. I think we're in great danger in AA today. I think one of the greatest mistakes we're making is we're sitting around the tables and we're talking about what they did to us and we're trying to figure out why they did it. Hell, we'll never know why they did it. The fact remains they did it. And then we're trying to figure out why it makes us the way we are today. We'll never understand it. That's just the way we are. Why don't we just simply get rid of it? We got the process right here. Most of them will disappear through the inventory. The rest disappears through prayer, and we can be free of that thing. Isn't that something? I never realized that. Joe? The best way to get in with people is through loving them. The best way to love them is to pray for them. And I thought those people were going to change, but they didn't change. My reactions and my feelings toward them changed. Some of them are still SOBs, and they're going to stay that way. But I don't lay awake nights thinking about them, and I don't blame them anymore for all the stuff that happened to me. Thank God I've learned this, and I've let those people go so that I can have the peace of mind and the serenity that I want out of life. Now, the rest of the inventory process deals with fear and sex. And Joe told me a while ago, he said, Charlie, I'm tired and I've got a headache. Don't feel like sex today. <laughs> Let's get a good nice rest and we'll have sex on Sunday morning. Is that all right? All right? Hey. Fourth step, fourth column. What is the exact nature of my wrongs, faults, mistakes, defects, shortcomings? Me. I did it. I'm the one that keeps that resentment alive. Until I know, as it said, the exact nature. What was the reason I keep this resentment going, I can't let it go. Now, that seems very simple, as many of the ideas and thoughts and practices of this program are, but it is that simple. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive, Joe and Charlie Podcast.